0: It's your one-stop shop for the weird, wacky, wild highs, ups, lows, downs in the professional and collegiate and, well, the entire sports world. This, of course, is Out of Bounds with John Alba and me, O'Brien. And boom, there we are. How about that? What's going on? Mia, how is your weekend? Are we ready for episode nine of Out of Bounds here?
1: Let's do it. I can't believe it's been that many episodes already, although I have to admit to you, John, uh, especially now knowing, courtesy of my father, what the temperature was in New Jersey, where you are this morning. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I had a live show earlier today at, at a golf course, and uh, we were freezing. I wore shorts um, because it's Florida, and... Um, it got really cold because it was a wind tunnel so i may or may not have come home put on my comfiest sweatshirt and um been walking around in one of these for the last 3 hours so
0: and what's the temperature 65 65
1: okay gotcha yep there's our punchline to begin yep. the show
0: it's going to snow here so anyway i'm glad to hear that you're Nice and thawed. That's great. Love that for you. I had to
1: turn the heat on. This is a monumental <laughs> moment.
0: Mm-hmm, I've had
1: to turn it on a couple other times. Apparently, we're going to have like a high of 58 this weekend. So
0: uh-huh. at least I
1: can break in some cold weather clothing at uh, at the Jags game.
0: Poor, poor, pitiful you. And if you would like to lament Mia here about her just horrendous temperatures out there in northeast Florida, we invite you to join by leaving your super chat here in the YouTube chat, if you're watching via there, or, of course, by headed to kynchat.com, where you can leave your super chat before or during the live stream, and we will do our best to get it on air. And uh, you know how it goes here on Out of Bounds. We start with an opening toast every week, which I guess I'll kick us off on with what I've got left of my margarita here. Um, Mia, I guess I send this out to you as my thoughts and prayers are with you for the horrendous cold that you have in front of you. That's, that's my lighthearted toast. But on a real level, t- to get real for a second, uh, I want to send out a toast to Grant Wall, the now late uh, sports writer who defined an era of soccer in the United States and wrote a prolific profile on LeBron James back when he was in high school. I think one of the best writers of his era, and we lost him unexpectedly at the World Cup this past week. So uh, unfortunate, but a cheers nonetheless to a great career. Wouldn't And what Grant
1: you... was a very big craft beer person from what I'm told. So you go. this isn't necessarily craft. It's a Sam Adams, but it's the remains of oh, uh, my of my Halloween pumpkin beer that I'm trying yes. to finish. So cheers. in his honor.
0: Mm. Yeah, what a shame that was, huh?
1: Scary stuff. Scary stuff, man. Needless to say, uh, especially considering all the circumstances around it, um, it was at least a little comforting. Again, I don't, personally speaking, I don't know if we're going to know exactly what happened for quite some time or at the very least until all of everyone who is at the World Cup has departed Qatar. Um, I think maybe perhaps once everyone is back in their home countries. Uh, safe and sound, then maybe that's where we'll have more information. But the Canadian reporter who was sitting behind him, who he was friendly with, did detail a firsthand account today. And so that at least gave me a little more solace and like, all right, here's a guy who was literally behind him, said to him as he walked into the press box, like, are you okay, man? He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm just fighting something. I have like, you know, I got medicine today. It's fine. And so he said he literally watched his cut, co- like his face discolor. And so if that account is to be true, then obviously what well, we all opened our social media feeds and saw the horrific news, and many of us instantly assumed, um, hopefully, is not the case that this was yeah. some sort of coordinated effort with involving foul play. Um, but uh, you know, well, we'll wait and see. Um, it's. It's an interesting world we live in. The games go on, and as much as I know, people say, you know, that's what he would have wanted, and I I think that is what he would have wanted. Um, It it still doesn't feel right, um, but, you know, it's the the nature of the beast, I suppose.
0: That it is in his honor. Go check out some of his pieces. Uh, Truly one of the best sports writers of his generation. Let's turn things around here, Mia. Let's get into the weird, wild, wacky, and fun of the sports world and kick us off with what went down. Between Tom Brady and the beast incarnate himself, Brock Purdy.
1: Yeah, man. I know you love to lead us off with some Brady. So that's what we're going to do. Um, look at this photo, folks. Although this is with their backs turned. So it's, it doesn't do it nearly as much justice. Go on the internet. Go find one. Um, Tom Brady, 45 years old. Brock Purdy, uh, 22, 23 years old. Um, not, not that out of the normal that Tom Brady has gone against men almost half his age, um, because that's been the case the last few years. Um, but when Brock Purdy went to shake Tom Brady's hand game, John, I just was like, I literally feel like he's playing his child right now. Um, like, it's literally getting to a point of no return in terms of this old man. He's refusing to hang it up, and perhaps he should. Here are the numbers from Sunday's 35-7 win for the San Francisco 49ers and the indomitable Brock Purdy over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Brock Purdy, the rookie, Mr. Irrelevant, the final pick in this past April's NFL draft, went 16 of 21 for 185 yards and two scores. uh, Having followed him during his time at Iowa State, he arrived shortly after I moved out of Iowa. I can tell you that is a very Brock Purdy stat line. Game manager, but at the same time, can move. A little more mobile in the pocket than Jimmy G. And as we all know now, Kyle Shanahan just basically said to the kid, don't wreck the car. Just drive the car. Don't wreck it. So they made it nice and easy for him. And the Bucks' defense also seemed to make it easy um, because, again, 35 points for the 49ers. Uh, Tom Brady on the other side of the ball went 34 of 55, so a bit more of a passing attack down there in Tampa. Uh, 253 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Then the fun began even after the handshake when Brady was asked to autograph one of the balls that was picked off. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he wasn't too happy about that. So my question not only is how low – must things go, what is rock bottom for Tom Brady? But quite frankly, John, when will he retire? When is he gonna say, Okay, enough's enough? Well, like it's
0: I've not- got a bold prediction here. I, I oh, know, let's I go know, for I, it. I don't know how bold it is, but I I think that a season like this, where as many would conventionally say, All right, this means it's time to hang it up, I think it only fuels him even more to be like next year I'm back with a different team in a situation where I wanna play. And I'm going to prove that I have more left in me. Is that the best idea for his legacy? I, I'm not so sure about that. He Brett Favre played... would
1: like a word. Brett Favre would like sure. a word.
0: He has played to 45. He's accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. He set out and said that several years ago that he thought that's something he'd want to do. He's done it. And yeah, conventional wisdom, especially with the fact that we know he's got a TV deal lined up with Fox for once he actually retires. He can go do that. I think it's only going to feel him more. And I don't know if it's going to be the dolphins like many would have expected with how well two has played.
1: Well, also because they literally already lost the draft pick because of potential mm-hmm. collusion. So,
0: so I don't, I don't think it would be. Yeah. Miami. If he was
1: to go to Miami, that would be, that would undoubtedly lead a out of bounds. I will tell you that much. Um, it would file fire up our super chats too. Uh make sure you leave those in the comment section. Um, but again that would justify like that would truly be the ultimate fu. like i just don't care what the league thinks so i don't think it's miami
0: i just don't regardless well, of
1: tua who also looked awful last night but continue
0: maybe you make an argument that there'd be a spot somewhere in indianapolis perhaps or uh, tom
1: brady totally wants to move to india right,
0: right well i was gonna say then you take in those other equations and it's like i oh, don't know you could make the argument that san francisco could be a landing spot for him but the greater point that I want to bring up, Mia, is doesn't this almost feel, and I understand that Trey Lance is in the equation here too, but doesn't this almost feel like when Tom Brady took over for Drew Bledsoe with the Patriots back in the year 2001, you have this borderline Mr. Irrelevant quarterback in Tom Brady. He's a six-round pick, ends up coming in and takes over for the established veteran in Drew Bledsoe, leads him to the Super Bowl. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the 49ers could win a Super Bowl this year.
1: Uh, and Brock Purdy would be
0: And that's what I'm saying.
1: a Super Bowl quarterback.
0: So, I don't I see a lot more parallels besides the fact that Brock Purdy looks like he could beat Tom Brady
1: The Iowa State fans in the Super Chat comment section are loving this. They are loving this right now. Uh, cuz that's their guy. Four-year starter in college, uh, took over for a, a six-year senior before that was even a thing. Uh, Kyle Kemp was doing that pre-COVID. Um, so no, I mean, like I said, I think what's funny about this and it would be the ultimate like Kyle Shanahan, please check your ego at the door is that. They got The 49ers got to a Super Bowl with Jimmy G because he was a game manager. The reason they traded three first-round picks to move up in the 2021 NFL draft and select Trey Lance is because while they felt Jimmy G could get them to a Super Bowl, he wasn't going to win them a Super Bowl and take them over the top. And in a quarterback-driven league, you need the next hot thing. And so that's the funny part is wouldn't it be great if another game manager – leads the 49ers to a Super Bowl I'm gonna ask you this though John because now the news that Jimmy G's uh foot injury is not a list Frank injury it's not as severe as previously thought so there is a chance he could make it back in time for said Super Bowl would you play Jimmy G after Brock Purdy gets you to the postseason presumably if
0: if Brock Purdy plays like how he's playing now there's no way I'd play Jimmy G in that no way how could you
1: well, I'll tell you this much, uh, the, uh, granted very different situation, uh, 2019 Jacksonville Jaguars had this six round rookie by the name of Gardner Minshew, who was lighting the world on fire. And while, yes, there were plenty of defenses that figured him out and there will be defenses. I think that figure Purdy out a little bit, or at least get to a rookie, um, at the same time, Minshew, you know, he was the guy he led you to, you know, you were four and four and the one loss he didn't start. Cause he it was when Nick Foles got hurt. And then as soon as Nick Foles was eligible to come back at four and four, they go, okay, we'll go with the guy who's been cold because we're paying him all this money. And so I think it's different with the 49ers because obviously Jimmy G is not their guy, so to speak. He's on Um, a one-year
0: expiring contract.
1: But they're still paying him more money than they're paying Brock Purdy.
0: I also understand that, but he's coming off a severe injury, which I know that there are people who are like, oh. Nick Foles
1: broke his collarbone.
0: He was able to come back from it. And I know there's people who are saying about Jimmy G, oh, well. He he might be able to come back if they make the Super Bowl. Well, do you really want a quarterback's first game back to be the Super Bowl?
1: If he is this investment.
0: Come, come. it doesn't matter. It's not like Jimmy G was putting up Herculean numbers. He's having a good season, but he's not putting up Herculean numbers that are undeniable that make you say, oh, I'm I'm going to bet the entire house here that this injured quarterback who you just said a couple minutes ago, they – didn't ride him all the way because they figured he was the guy that couldn't win them a Super Bowl. So why would you you ride that further? But uh, to bookend this conversation, I want your thoughts on Brady. Where, Where do you see Brady going with this? Because these are pathetically bad losses. Keep in mind, he needed that dramatic comeback a couple weeks ago or else that would have been a really bad loss.
1: And what's crazy is, like, well, yes, they have no run game, and that's no slight on Leonard Fournette. It's just statistically the fact of the matter. They have Mike Evans. They have Chris Godwin. Plenty of teams. They have weapons. Which give an arm and a leg for those two. Yeah, yeah you don't have Gronk. whoop D The break uh, tight end kid has been pretty good. I know he was hurt and, and then also uh, had the flu. But he's been pretty good. So it's not like you don't have weapons. It's just, And, and let's be real. This is Tom Brady, who up in New England... Had zero weapons. He turned people into them. Yes. He did
0: have have offensive lines there, which he doesn't have this year.
1: Correct. And that is is something that many of us have pointed to since July when it was, what, in five days they had three injuries, like season-ending injuries along their offensive line. I mean, I understand it's Murphy's Law and it's going to come around for everybody at some time. I just didn't expect it to ever come for Tom Terrific. So, So
0: what happens with Brady?
1: I could see, I mean, the thing is, too, is that Bowles is the head coach. I don't know what his relationship with Bowles is. I know his relationship with Byron Leftwich is very good. I can tell you that. I don't know if it's currently very good, but in, in a vacuum, it's great. Um, so the question becomes, can Bruce Arians convince him to stick around, in my opinion? I think he can. So I could see Brady trying to say, hey, it was the offensive line. We're going to run it back. The problem is, is that the first four weeks of the season, this Bucks defense looked like they were the monsters out there like that, like the defense was going to be fine. And so Brady was going to only have to throw two or three touchdowns a game. It was going to be fine. Everything's great. And that defense, well, yes, they performed, um, admirably, I guess a little bit against the 49ers it came down to earth. Yeah, they did. They gave up 35 points. So that's where, I, you know, and that's where I think as much as you can blame it on the offensive line, are there bigger issues in Tampa? but to the, your point about if he goes elsewhere, the only three places. So I agree 40, I could see him going to San Francisco. So which that which was the was,
0: team that was initially in on him when he left new England. The first
1: correct. So, so there's that. So I agree. There's that. I've heard Vegas cause team up with Josh McDaniels again, by the way, that would send Derek Carr to Indiana, not Tom Brady. Um, maybe possibly. I mean, I listen, he's a divorcee and, He doesn't see his kids all the time. He might as well go live in Las Vegas. Why not? Um, And then the third one would be he goes back to New England and they trade Mac Jones. That
0: would be weird.
1: Which would be weird, but I could see it happen.
0: Not out of the realm of possibility. Listen, Josh
1: McDaniels, Mm -hmm. who says you can't go home? He went home twice. That's
0: fair. Let's keep moving on here. Let's go to Los Angeles, which is where Tom Brady won't be going.
1: Yeah. Unless maybe Mike
0: Stafford steps away, then maybe you could have.
1: Hey, I have some theories on that. We'll get to that coming up in a bit.
0: So, this Dolphins Chargers game was one of the premier games of the week, and most people expected the Dolphins to win. They've been pretty damn good this year. Jalen Phillips was called for a ridiculous roughing the passer call against Justin Herbert in the Chargers 23 17 win over the Dolphins. Phillips sacked Herbert, his knee hit the ground, and then Phillips' momentum took him forward and on top of Herbert. If you watch this in real time, it didn't look anything out of the ordinary from any other sack you've ever seen. Phillips tried to brace his fall. It didn't really matter. Officials thought he landed with his body weight on Herbert, and that is a penalty. So I ask you, Mia, what is the point? Genuinely, what is the point of even having sacks at this juncture in the NFL stat book if... Stuff like this is going to keep happening because this is not the first time we've seen a call like this this season. It has actually been a consistent sticking point with officials in the last 10 weeks. I don't understand. There are some times where quarterbacks are tremendously protected by the league, and then there are other times where they're just thrown to the fire like what we saw with Tua earlier this year from a health perspective. I don't understand this. Make sense of it.
1: It's a quarterback-driven league, except if you're not one of the top 12 quarterbacks. When Tua suffered the concussion, at that point in time, he was not a poster child. Justin Herbert is in that class of, well, these are the guys we got to protect. Tom Brady is in that class. Patrick Mahomes is in that class. I can tell you this, the quarterback that I cover is about to join that list Sometimes he gets the calls, sometimes he doesn't. And when he does get the calls, sometimes they are questionable. And it is because they are trying to protect the asset, which is hilarious because now pass rushers are the second highest paid player They're on a football team. Pass rushers are
0: huge assets to teams, exactly.
1: Right, they are the second highest paid player behind the quarterback. But at the end of the day, and this I will tell you just from uncovering Doug Peterson and like how he has constructed a roster, there are a lot of people around the league that as much as the pass rusher is important, and defense wins championships, there are a lot of people who believe that the NFL is moving closer and closer towards seven-on-seven, essentially. That it is a finesse game, and it is not just the effect of concussions and CTE. It's the Patrick Mahomes effect. It's all of it combined and put together. And so this is only strengthening the argument that we are moving closer and closer towards that.
0: Well, like when all eyes are on the quarterback – especially from an official standpoint, your job is to watch what's going on with the quarterback, what's happening in the pocket there. You're looking at the offensive lineman. You're looking at the defensive lineman. When something like that happens, and to the blind fan's eye, nobody even, nobody becomes alarmed. Oh, oh, that was a dirty hit. Nobody. And then all of a sudden you see flags flying. It is almost insulting to the viewer Mm -hmm. of the sport who has been trained for so many years, hey, this is what normal looks like. This is what a standard hit on a quarterback, an acceptable hit on a quarterback looks like. So when you see an acceptable hit on a quarterback in a game that carries pretty big ramifications for the postseason, I think it's incredibly insulting to your fan base, and there has to be some sort of concerted effort made to ensure that, yeah, we can protect quarterbacks, and especially if they're that elite half of the league, but also let's not spit in the face of the intelligence of the game. Did you
1: see the video of the refs asking Mike Evans for his autograph?
0: I, I, I did, but that they were also— I'm not trying
1: to wage a war on referees, but they've insulted our intelligence quite a few times in other ver- in other variants of the game this year.
0: I guess I just wonder how potential... down with the zebras. How potentially... if you if anyone out there knows
1: about my intramural career at Ithaca College? How would
0: anyone know about war
1: this? on the referees? Ask my teammates from high school soccer. War on the referees. You're
0: gonna get she people says while here.
1: wearing black and white. But yes,
0: You're gonna get people hurt here. Let's talk about a guy who we were waging a war. Yeah, once let's talk last about the week. Matthew
1: Stafford succession plan. Yes, yes, Baker Mayfield. Was waived by the Carolina Panthers last Monday. He was signed, or excuse me, claimed off waivers on Tuesday by the Los Angeles Rams. He arrived in Los Angeles at 7:20 p.m. local time uh, on Tuesday. He won a game for the Rams that he did not start by 8 p.m. local time Thursday. So less than 24 hours, or excuse me, less than 48 hours later, Baker Mayfield. Led a comeback win for the ages that actually followed the same exact script as Tom Brady's comeback from three nights earlier on Monday Night Football in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but John, is this a one and done for Baker? Is this his like one last shining moment, or is Baker going to be the quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams moving forward?
0: I don't think Baker's going to be the quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams moving forward. I mean, for okay, the rest, because of...
1: I have some theories. So go, go on, go for on. For the rest
0: of the year, maybe I, we'll see. What happens with Matt Stafford in terms of long-term trajectory? He might have looked at this season as a complete failure and said, I don't have anything left. It's not worth getting hurt. I got my ring. I'm good to go. Does he walk into the Hall of Fame tomorrow? Maybe. It's a matter of does he want to try to pad that resume just a little more because he's kind of one of those borderline cases of someone who might be able to get in, might not. I don't think this is Baker's job long-term, but if Baker Mayfield can take the rest of this season and prove that he's a great teammate, that he's a leader, and that he can win some games, it's not out of the realm of possibility to suggest that Baker Mayfield could potentially win a starter job on one of those outlier teams next year that doesn't really know where they are in terms – the the fringe contenders, if you will, or perhaps even a team that knows they aren't going to contend and has nothing to lose by giving someone like Baker Mayfield a shot. So I do think if Baker continues to play like this, where it's not like he was unbelievable, but he, he was good enough to get the job done. And sometimes in the NFL, it is just about being good enough to get the job done. We're talking about a league where Rex Grossman made it to the Super Bowl. Sometimes it is just about being good enough. And I think Baker Mayfield proved that he could be that.
1: So here's my thing. Here's my thing. Uh, Matthew Stafford, essentially, essentially suffered two concussions this year. So did Tua for anyone who's keeping score. Uh, two in the same season. Matthew Stafford's probably not playing the rest of the year. Am I safe in, in that assumption? I would assume he's not. Yes. He's probably not going to play the rest of the year. His backup, Johnny Wolford, uh, the pride of Bishop Kenny high school in Jacksonville, by the way, uh, literally his neck is hanging on by a thread. So he probably isn't going to play the rest of the year. I wouldn't think unless the neck somehow is somehow fixed. So that's why they're going to ride and roll the dice with Baker and potentially the other third-string backup if he comes back from injury. So they have been decimated by injuries. It's a wash. They won the Super Bowl last year. Who cares? Here is where the Baker part of the equation gets interesting. The Rams do not have their first-round pick, which, as of this writing, would be pick number four in the 2023 NFL draft. It is going to the Detroit Lions. So we also know that the Rams are the kings of, man, F those picks, um, because they never have any picks. They trade them away to get established stars, which is great, and that's fine. And listen, it won them a Super Bowl. That's fantastic. But the point of the matter is, is that when are they going to select a quarterback? When are they going to say, okay, Matthew Stafford is getting up there in age, even if he plays next year, even if he plays next year? When will they say, okay, it's time to pick a quarterback and develop him, while also knowing that Aaron Donald is also getting up there in age, Jalen Ramsey doesn't look like who he previously looked like. And so they have other holes they need to address. And so the fact of the matter is, is if Matthew Stafford gets hurt again next year, who are you going to have waiting in the wings? You, you, Johnny Wolford and Johnny Wolford's been hurt. So, you think so you're that's where him? I think at least for the next year, I think they're going to carry three quarterbacks next year. That's if Matthew Stafford comes back, which I believe he will. Um, You'll have three quarterbacks, so I don't know how you'll manage that, but they will. And then the question becomes, if Baker pulls a Jameis, where Jameis was a good boy and he went to New Orleans and he sat behind Drew Brees for a year, let's say Matthew Stafford does want to walk after next year into retirement. Well, are you going to make Johnny Wolford your full-time starter? Probably not. Or are you going to make Baker Mayfield your Mm full-time starter? Which, again... Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm almost positive, and I don't have, because Tankathon doesn't go uh, to 2024 just yet. But I would think, don't the Rams not have their 2024 first-round pick either?
0: They traded a lot for Stafford.
1: Right. I'm pretty sure they don't have their 2024 first-round pick either. So if you're looking for one of these quarterbacks, you better hope someone falls to the second or third round or you develop someone, or you're further going to say, F those picks, and you're going to go find Another.
0: I mean, look, it's totally possible Matt Stafford retires and Aaron Rodgers is playing quarterback for the Rams next year.
1: Or Aaron Rodgers or may go to Brady. San Francisco because he's from there.
0: Or Tom Brady being the one. Or point Tom point. Brady. So, I, there are those band aid solutions, if you will. I could see a situation where Baker plays himself into a good spot there in Los Angeles. Well, I, I could see him being like there's... a
1: Janus, is what I'm saying. I think it could be. I mean, and hopefully he doesn't unfortunately suffer an injury like Jameis did, and now he hasn't played since. But like. I, I could see that happening.
0: I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Let's continue here. And again, we want your comments. You can send them in uh, on YouTube, or you can also send them in via super chat and we'll read them on air. So get involved with all the fun that me and I are having here on out of bounds. And we take you to the link Lincoln financial field for army Navy. Well, college football, the only college football that was going down. You mean
1: you Army- don't want to talk about the other team that plays at the Link, but they played at MetLife yesterday? You don't want to talk about that?
0: Well, I'm good on that. Uh, okay. Army beat Navy 2017 in overtime this week. There was a fumble involved. It was, it was a dramatic, in, in the words of the great Susan Wallman, of all the dramatic things I've ever seen. We saw an Army win here. Uh, this is just classic football. You got triple options in the work. I mean, this is nitty gritty, archaic football. I, how much of a kick do you get out of seeing this style of play, Mio O'Brien?
1: Well, the thing with it is, is it's like considered part of our DNA and it's like American. You have to watch this game like that's or at least maybe it's because I live in a military town. Like it, it's, it's un-American to not like this game. Yet we are the same league who we just spent 26 minutes talking about Uh, The same league, the same country that we just spent the past 26 minutes talking about the fact that it is progressing to a seven on seven league in its professional ranks. And yet one day a year, we just go back in the time machine and we love love running and grounding and pounding and defense and run the ball and play great defense and the words of Mike Welch. So, yeah, and Kirk Ferentz. I do find it just so funny, John, that we literally spend the other 364 days of the year wanting points and wanting offense and wanting high-flying, crazy passes and Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes no-look heaves. And then this one day of the year, we go, oh, um, Army only attempted 16 passes, which I believe was a high in like the past eight years for them. Oh, and uh, Navy attempted six passes. Yeah, no, we like that. Yep, that, that's American.
0: My high school played with the triple option, and I, I mean this whole heart, and they want to state championship with it. It is so boring. And the I, the irony is it's supposed to be like an exciting way of football because you never know where the ball's going to go. You never know who's going to have it. It is so boring. Now, the positive is the games generally go a little quicker because the clock's pretty much consistently running. But it made me think back this topic, In college, I took a class called the history of football Mm. and my professor who we affectionately called coach, um, we we had a whole long lesson on Walter Camp and the flying wedge and the golden days of of football back in the late 1800s. And it just made me feel nostalgic for that. Not that I ever expect to see a flying wedge incorporated into any of today's standard college football or professional football for that matter. But it did make me nostalgic for it. And for a game to go to over time as well, where there's so much history between these two programs and entities. It's good for the game. It's good for fans. If it's one day out of the year that we get our rocks off on it. Great. It's a gimmick. Aside from that, I don't look too far into it.
1: Did you like Army's uniforms, or did you think they were spray-painted on before the game started?
0: <laughs> Let's take a look. Uh, yeah, you can see... I
1: like the spray-paint finish, but it's the numbers for me. They look like they just like threw them on at the well, 11th hour. The two hour. and
0: the five there are like... I off. would almost
1: have preferred to not have the number on the front. I get you have to have the number on the front of the... I would almost like rather have not had it. Just have like Army across the front.
0: Interesting it's different. all about the name
1: on the, it's about the name on, it should be about the name on the front of the Jersey, not the back of the Jersey. That's, of course. That's the way it should be uh-huh. in this world of, uh, now, this, is, this is,
0: listen, this is always a game that is fun and it's great to honor the tradition of college football. And again, those great elements like the flying wedge and the triple option that make this sport great and for what it is, but uh, it's not the kind of football I would find myself clamoring for on a weekly basis.
1: So the sad part about this, John, is that Army now has six wins on the year. Correct me if I'm wrong. One, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six. Six wins. They don't get to go to a bowl game. They don't. It's very sad because there's a lot of fun bowl
0: games there out are.
1: there. Yeah, there's a lot of fun. What bowl games have you? Been, what bowl games have you covered, John? Let's start with that. Give me that. Your favorite bowl games that you've covered.
0: I've covered. I've covered the Gasparilla.
1: Okay, that's a good one. Oh, oh, by the way, when I say favorite, I mean the names. I'm not referring to the right. actual play on the field. Of
0: course. The Gasparilla. Um, the Peach. Mm, what else do I cover? I'm trying to think. I got I to gotta, I gotta think on that. But, I mean, one of my favorites, if you're asking for my favorite, it's easily uh, the Duke's Mayo Bowl.
1: Yes!
0: <laughs> now, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a foodie. I'm, I'm a big, I love to cook. Yes, the concept of mayonnaise is disgusting to me, like absolutely disgusting. I I hate eggs with every fiber of my body. So the concept of mayo, I use it as a binder or whatever I need to. If I'm making an aioli or whatever, I I got it. The concept of mayonnaise is disgusting to me. Now, with that said, there is something oddly American about Duke's Mayo sponsoring a bowl game uh, with celebratory mayonnaise at the end. Isn't there me, O'Brien?
1: I love it. Do we need more bowl games to just dump things on their coaches that aren't Gatorade or water, which we have seen. Um, you know, they, uh, what's the, 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 the Cheez-Its, which we're going to get to. Mm-hmm. And then, um, cause I have some thoughts on the Cheez-Its and then uh, the potato bowl, which I was going to suggest for this segment of what is your favorite bowl name? I love the famous Idaho potato bowl. I love the fact that their website is just so like, uh, like, like uh, Americana. Okay, I think that's the right word. Um,
0: oh, the Boca refer- the Boca Raton Bowl is one I've covered, which is oh, okay. There you go. Odd, but yeah, oh,
1: interesting. <laughs> uh, no the the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. They talk about all the potato records and all the other like you know various like things that you can do with a potato, and I love it. It's just so wholesome, it's so Idaho. Um, no, I want to talk about the cheese. I woke up feeling the cheesiest, Coach. Um, let's discuss. I'm cool with the Cheez-It Bowl. What, what I'm cool with even the Cheez-It Bowl moving from Phoenix to Orlando. That's fine. Pandemic kind of infused, but not really decision, whatever. But my problem begins, John Alba, when we have the Cheez-It Bowl on December 29th, which will be between Florida State and Oklahoma. And then we have the Citrus Bowl brought to you by Cheez-It in the same stadium four days later. like I love Cheez-Its that's my go-to food when I'm editing if anyone has ever wondered when I'm like late night video editing like hey what's your like secret sauce to that I literally just pound Cheez-Its so I'm okay with it and I really want to stay I don't know if you saw uh, four members of each of the teams is going to get to stay in I woke up feeling the cheesiest room where there's like all this Cheez-It styled furniture I would Mm -hmm. love that journey I would love that journey but I don't like the fact that we have the same sponsor in the same. Well,
0: the Citrus Bowl's Verbo, isn't it? No,
1: it's Cheez It this year.
0: Really? Okay, yes, that's what I'm graphic, saying. I'm looking at the graphic for it and showing Verbo. So that's well,
1: the, But it's brought to you by Cheez It. There's that's still Cheez Its in there. Okay. I didn't even know Orlando had a monopoly on Cheez It, but apparently they do. So I have some thoughts on that, needless to say. Uh, uh, I also am very sad that the outback bowl is not the outback bowl. It is now the Relia Quest bowl. That Outback's is ruining
0: operated. I don't care. That,
1: No, it's not. I love the shrimp. Outback.
0: If we are talking
1: I love the dancing bloom and onion.
0: If we're talking chain steakhouses, we're talking Oh
1: yeah, the, the actual I don't know. I we're would talking never
0: actually to over over. Correct. Okay? But I'm the just... fact
1: that they have the fact that they have the bowl game. Like, I, it's a tradition. We, we Maybe got, it's because Florida and Iowa, the two teams that I've covered, are in the Outback Bowl every other year, but it's just tradition.
0: We got the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl this year.
1: Ooh, that is a good one. I do I'm, like that.
0: I'm down for some Frosted Flakes.
1: I like that. They're I more like than that. good.
0: They're great. I'm, I'm about that, being well a bowl sponsor. Uh, let's that. see here. I'm, I'm going through the lists. <laughs> We've got uh, the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl.
1: Yes, I have a lot of thoughts on that. My personal favorite is the lending tree bowl.
0: So where do you know where
1: the lending tree bowl is, John Alba? It
0: is in Mobile, Alabama.
1: Yes, Mobile, Alabama, Southern Miss and Rice. What a fun time that will be for all.
0: Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, I'm going through the I, I may as well share the entire list of bowls with everyone. All right, let's take it through bowl season because it's Go kicking off it. December 16th. Okay. We got the Bahamas Bowl, which is brought to you by my former employer, hometown lenders. Uh, the cure bowl. The Fenway Bowl, which will be very exciting. The Cricket Celebration Bowl. The New Mexico Bowl. Wait,
1: wait, wait. The Cricket, like, wireless?
0: Cricket Wireless, yes.
1: Okay, the Cricket Wireless. Not
0: actual crickets. Okay. The New Mexico Bowl. Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. The Lending Tree Bowl. The SRS Las Vegas Bowl. The Frisco Bowl. The Myrtle Beach Bowl. The Famous Idaho Potato Bowl. The RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. The RL Careers New Orleans Bowl. The Armed Forces Bowl. The Radiance Independence Bowl, the Union Home Gasparilla Bowl, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, the Quick Lane Bowl, the Camellia Bowl, mm-hmm. the Surf Pro First Responder Bowl, the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, the bad- Military mind- Bowl, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, the Tax Tradition, the Tax Act Texas Bowl, the Pinstripe Bowl, the Cheez It
1: Bowl. The Pinstripe Bowl brought to you by Bad Boy Mowers that previously sponsored the Gasparilla Bowl. I love that fun fact. They went the, from Florida to a ball game in a freezing cold stadium in New York City.
0: The Valero Alamo Bowl, the Dukes Mayo Bowl, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, the Barstool Arizona Bowl, yep. the Capital One Orange Bowl, the TransPerfect Music City Bowl the All-State Sugar Bowl, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, the Tampa Bay Bowl, Goodyear Con Bowl, Citrus Bowl, brought to you by Verbo, the Rose Bowl, the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl, and the college football playoff.
1: I do love the San Diego credit union holiday bowl. Like that's Still another one in there. That's it. No, but that's another one. It's locally owned, locally sponsored. It's tradition. Bill Walton is very proud of San Diego. Um, so I love that. I love that one. Um, and what was the other? Oh, uh, no, wasn't, what was I going to say? There was a comment that I, Oh, I know. Um, Fenway bowl. Mm-hmm. Wasabi.
0: Yes, it is. Wasabi. I'm, I'm about Fenway as a football venue. It'll be very cool. It'll look great. So, That should be a lot of fun. Yeah, that
1: should be a fun. And obviously, as we discussed last week, the Cincinnati-Louisville storylines are great. One last thing on the bowl front. um, I would like to um, share my story of the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Um, I covered it when it was Florida and Michigan in 2018. It was a great time. I love Atlanta. I love Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I like it more than Jerry World. There's a hot take for you. But I will tell you this, folks. You get so excited to go to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Because you're like, yes, I'm going to get all the free Chick-fil-A. The hospitality suite going to be flowing. You're going to get into the press box. They're going to be nothing but Chick-fil-A. And you would be correct. That is the case. But let me tell you, I didn't eat Chick-fil-A for three months after that. I didn't think you could indulge too much in Chick-fil-A. You can. When you found your third chicken biscuit on the third day, that's when you just kind of look around and you go, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, chicken. not that's reflux city for me. I ain't taking that trip. That's all I'm saying. Let's take a trip down to the bayou, though. I
1: ten. We're gonna take I-10. We're gonna go down I-75 and go I-10 to New Orleans.
0: Let's go to Nola and let's go to Zion. This is picture perfect right here, isn't this? This is this Zion. is I love it so much. I hate this story so much. Zion Williamson apologized for throwing down a 360 degree one handed slam pajama against the Phoenix Suns in a 128-117 win on Friday night. Suns fans around the world were angered by this, and he apologized. He said, I was in that locker room when my brothers were down because the Suns sent us home from the playoffs last year. Keep in mind Zion was hurt. So that's a tough moment to be a part of. So in that moment where he laid down the dunk, he got carried away. I admit that. I hate this so much, Mia, because, man, Zion Williamson made a name for himself in college for being able to do stuff like this slam dunk contest, caliber dunks in game. And so what if his team was up, you beat a damn good team in the Phoenix suns and the Pelicans right now are really good themselves. Mm -hmm. So I have no issues at all with a little showbone, make things fun. Was Michael Jordan standing down from being a little flashy back in his, his heyday? No way. I am. All about this, I think Zion should, under no circumstances, have apologized for this.
1: The irony of this is that I was watching the Cowboys game yesterday, uh, in which they had to come back for a 98-yard drive with three minutes to go against the one-win Texans. When Ezekiel Elliott scored the go-ahead touchdown, I actually was so curious what his celebration would be, Because, of course, when he jumped into the Salvation Army kettle a few years ago, he got fined and he got reprimanded, that that was too exuberant, too excessive. Uh, So, yeah, all he did yesterday was he literally, like, did, like, a little skip. Like, he literally just skipped through the line of photographers and waved to the crowd, and that was that. And I was very sad because I do love celebrations, You should be allowed to celebrate. You should be allowed to dunk because it's an extension of that uh, nine times out of ten. Because if you are dunking, that means that you could have done something else, but you chose to dunk. Like, you could have just laid it up. You could have just had to put back.
0: This is why he was picked number one overall. This is why why they wanted him to be the face of the NBA. Right. So, I don't understand the hesitance and why there's a fuss about this. Guess what? You don't want your team being dunked on like that. Don't lose. Don't fall behind.
1: Have you seen the NBA finals two years ago? That's kind of hard for the Suns to do.
0: Listen, the Suns are a great team. They really are. Pelicans, this is what the whole tank was about. You tanked so you could have moments like this.
1: Yeah, I mean, and for a while, I mean, as recently as six, seven months ago, we didn't think we'd ever see it again because we thought he got fat and that he was going to break the floor. And he's not. He looks fit again. And he's doing acrobatic things like this again. Appreciate it. Embrace it.
0: They've got CJ McCollum. They are a good team down there in New Orleans. And I'm all about emphasizing stuff like this. This is the Sports Center highlight reel moment that invigorates a generation of fans to want to invest. When I grew up getting a chance to watch, obviously, Michael Jordan, but... Knowing that I could watch Jason Richardson and Vince Carter and these prolific dunkers do larger-than-life things, that's what made me fall in love with that era of the NBA. So if we're going to discourage this kind of stuff from happening, you're doing a disservice to yourself as a league.
1: Which is funny because now the league is more social media-driven than ever before from when we were kids. Isn't this what the videos you want? Meanwhile, in Jacksonville, Trevor's waving goodbye to fans in Nashville and literally pointing at the scoreboard. And the NFL is like, more, more, insert Star Wars GIF of uh, of Kylo Ren. They want more of that. They need that.
0: It just makes no sense to me at all that you would poo-poo this notion that someone is a superstar and they are doing superstar things and they should have to apologize for that.
1: Yes. Well, speaking of superstars... And this goes to our weekly wager from now two weeks ago. Aaron Judge! Oh, happy day, New York. New York. He agreed to a nine-year, $360 million deal with the Yankees last week, pending a physical. He's staying. It's important that it's pending a physical, though, because instead of taking the physical and getting the deal guaranteed, Judge decided to take a vacation to Hawaii instead first. We've seen recently, John... (laughs) <laughs> um a lot of athletes that get injured not while on the job like they're on vacation and they get hurt i i'm thinking of um for the giants um Xavier McKinney correct me if i'm wrong it was Xavier McKinney um during the bye week decided to go RTVing or whatever it's called in mexico and then he broke his wrist and now he can't play so I hope that Aaron judge isn't ziplining, but, um, yeah,
0: like imagine Aaron judges. I know like for your, for your rhetoric,
1: for your propaganda, this is like feeding right into it of like this guy already has health questions moving forward because of his frame. And like, we've never had a baseball player at his size succeed this way. And is it actually sustainable? And now you're going to go ziplining in Hawaii and risk it again. Oh, his manager, lest we forget, um, cashed in pretty nice and then tore his ACL playing pickup basketball and then got a lucrative deal at ESPN and is now the manager of the Yankees. So I'm not saying that this isn't the long game perhaps.
0: Well, i Boone didn't catch. He was traded to the Yankees. He didn't sign with the Yankees and and he pretty much was cost a free agent contract from the Yankees as a result of that. But it did ultimately play out for him as, as far as judge. Don't go parasailing. Don't do anything. To, you want to sit on that beach, eat your poke tuna I'm about that life. This this is an anniversary trip for he and his wife. It's their one year anniversary. They got married in Hawaii last year. It's awesome. He went to San Diego, got the deal done by FaceTime with Hal Steinbrenner, who was in Italy vacationing when the face of the franchise nearly went to the San Francisco Giants or arson. This is the same Hal
1: This is the same Hal Steinbrenner that in the year of our Lord 2011 did not have Derek Jeter's phone number. It's
0: true. Promise. Why are we
1: surprised?
0: Uh, thankfully arson judge may have gone to the giants but Aaron judge didn't Yay! and, and uh, he he ends up here listen should he have probably just taken the physical and signed the deal yes do you leave anything up to chance I wouldn't but guess what he's a smarter man than I because he's gonna make 360 million dollars he bet on himself he was gonna make 213 million dollars instead he's gonna make 360 which is wild considering where they started to what he ended up with it's the most successful bet on yourself season in the history of pro sports there's no question about that Uh, pretty amazing stuff from what Aaron Judge was able to accomplish with this contract all things considered the Yankees are not a better team yet Uh, the Yankees in fact they. I was just gonna
1: say do you I was gonna say do you realize that uh, there are now three 300 million dollar men on the Yankees and in reality two of them actually produce in my opinion and perhaps some might argue one and a half if you look at Aaron Judge's track record
0: the Yankees have a lot more work to do they need a another starting pitcher they need a left fielder they they they're looking at you by the
1: way John Carlo. so
0: they're not a better team yet so we'll see where the rest of that money goes to
1: the luxury tax is fake so it's fine that's
0: what Steve Cohen's proven because guess what that's a billionaire who's not afraid to spend his money to improve his team.
1: I just love that he tweets through
0: it. And he does.
1: So transparent. Thank you, Steve. We appreciate it. Transparency
0: from billionaires is good. There's other billionaires on Twitter <laughs> that choose not to be. So whatever. Let's get to our last question, our last topic here. Uh, Mia, this is your boy, Cristiano Ronaldo. He is in tears because his home squad of Portugal lost to Morocco in the quarterfinals, won nothing of the World Cup. And he gone. Why is this so significant? He's thirty seven years old. He was benched in this World Cup.
1: Yeah, that's you, you took the my my punchline. But yes, continue.
0: Chances are he's probably never going to play on the national team at that level ever again. And he's lost out. This is one of the most accomplished players in the history of sport. But he's going to retire ultimately without a World Cup win in his pocket, unless he becomes a manager one day and maybe he leads Team Portugal to a World Cup win. Who's to say? But are we going to clown Ronaldo's legacy for not winning a World Cup?
1: Not his legacy. As a World Cup is really hard to win. Um, yeah. I mean, no team has gone back-to-back, now that I know of. Can you name a team that's gone back-to-back in recent history? Yeah. So it's really hard, um, especially with a four-year cycle, because you don't know, A – who's going to age quicker because of significant injuries be what young guns are coming up and how they mesh and gel together. I would clown Ronaldo more so that he got benched in the round, in the round of 16 and the guy that he got benched for scored a hat trick. That is what I find funny. in all this is now he's crying. Even after sitting on the bench with a sour puss on his face while his uh, younger replacement was scoring and everyone else is cheering and he's just sitting there like this, but now he cares. Cause now he's on the field. It goes back to what we were saying with army Navy name on the front of the chest, not the back of the chest or the back the front of the back.
0: I, I do feel bad for prolific players that never win the big one. And I came you mind know, there's a guy that's won a ton throughout his career. He just,
1: well, also he's going through everything with man. You, Man. Well, like everything, all that's going on too.
0: I understand the emotions, especially when I feel like most soccer players glorify the opportunity to play in a World Cup, let alone win the World Cup. When think, think about how many soccer players watching the World Cup right now, future soccer players are going to be influenced just by watching it. There's a good chance that Cristiano Ronaldo was five years old and saw the World Cup for the first time and was like, oh my God, that's what I want to do with my life. So I understand the emotions that come with that. I think a lot of people probably clowning it a little bit because it also happened in the quarterfinals against a team they probably shouldn't have lost to, and that's where those emotions pour out from. But I'm I'm never going to be upset or clown someone for having passion for something they love and care about so much. I don't think that's the right way to go about business.
1: Yeah, no, I just think it's it's more so that he's this pretty boy and there's all this off-the-field drama going on, and now he cares. Now he cares. But I will tell you this, John, um, there is crying in baseball um, and also there is crying in football um, because one of the linebackers for the Titans yesterday um, started uh, Cole something or other. He's like a backup, but because like half their team is injured, he played yesterday. He's the one who um, got stiff armed into oblivion by Trevor Lawrence. And when he was interviewed by the Tennessee dot com reporter, he started crying as he talked about how upset he was with himself. Would you would you would you laugh at that?
0: If they're upset with themselves and they're not whining about other factors, if they're upset with themselves, then I'm, I'm not going to clown that either. If, if he was complaining about not getting a call and he started crying or something like that, then I'm probably going to clown something like
1: that. No, this was just, he was like, you guys don't understand how hard I work. I never have sucked at football in my life. Can I read the tweet for you? It's actually amazing. Oh, sure. sure. Okay, here's the tweet. Um, pull it up. Dylan Cole, I thought his name was Cole, something Dylan Cole is the kid's name. He tweets, mind you, 4.48, so he's still in the locker room. Never in my life did I think I would suck at football. I've been humbly proven wrong a few times this year. I deserve all the criticism for what I put on the field. No one is more mad at me than me. Nothing I can do now but learn and improve. I
0: don't, I don't, I'm not going to laugh at that. Why are you tweeting
1: through it? Did you not see what Lamar, I mean, granted, Lamar Jackson used uh, some questionable
0: language. a player taking accountability for their poor play.
1: Yeah, it's still funny. I I don't know.
0: I'm not. I don't see the humor in that. I think that's that's a player who's taking accountability for their poor play. And
1: before and, Twitter existed, what would he have done?
0: Maybe said it in an interview. What's wrong with? I I, I don't know. I don't I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, what? I'm
1: okay with it at the point. Like, I'm okay with like speaking. I mean, but to then go to the lengths of tweeting it. I mean, I guess you want to have transparency well, think with about the fans. How many
0: but he's probably getting from people that are like, you suck.
1: No, he got a couple that said, you are a player in the NFL. You don't suck at football.
0: No, but I'm saying when he makes that play or doesn't, oh play, yeah, he's getting a ton. So for him to go out there and say, guys, I own that. That's on me. I I got, I have no issues with that. I have none. Just saying. All right, Mia, let's wrap things up here. Now we have this Aaron Judge wager and I realized we never actually bet anything. So, Oh,
1: that's fine. Uh,
0: so you did win that wager. You The streak is is over you have you have one weekly wager so you will get to determine what i do as a result of that and you also get to pose another one too
1: oh i get to actually choose what that is oh boy
0: so you can think on that one but do we have another wager
1: oh yes um i I should have told you to have a graphic ready for this but that's okay uh in case you missed it um the jets are still trotting mike white out onto the football field he left not once but twice in yesterday's loss to the minnesota vikings or not to the minnesota vikings to the um which we call the buffalo bills uh, he left not once but twice because he kept taking shots to the ribs he came back each time robert sala says that mike white's going to start against their uh, the dolphins It is the Dolphins, I'm pretty sure, this weekend. So are
0: we we betting if he's going to play or not?
1: No, we are not (laughs) betting if Mike White – oh, it's the Lions. It's the Lions and then they have the Dolphins at the end of the year. So they are hosting the Lions this weekend, the high-flying offense that is the Detroit Lions. Um, The problem is, is that when Mike White went out of the game against the Buffalo Bills, Joe Flacco was inserted because Zach Wilson was once again a healthy and active. So my question for you, John, that will result in this wager is – Will Zach Wilson be available against the Lions and serve as the backup this week and get into a football game again?
0: Well, there's a lot of layers to that because he, I could see one of those things having been not.
1: So I'm going to say, so the wager is, will he get into a football game this weekend? Yes. Or do you, or do you want to make it that he, no, is on, that he is active on game day? No,
0: I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, will he get into the game? I'll say, yes, he does.
1: He does get into the game. Okay. Excellent.
0: The Jets think that they are going to make the playoffs, and I think when push comes to shove, they will try to put their money where their mouth is on Zach Wilson.
1: Excellent. Okay. Uh, And the payoff payoff of this, uh, to bring this episode full circle, because it is a bit chilly outside, I want to bring back the ice bucket challenge. Okay. So whoever loses will have to record a video of (laughs) themselves dumping ice water. On themselves.
0: Okay. All right.
1: And I will I'm think ready. on the judge. The judge okay. off.
0: Can think about that too. Good stuff, here, Mia O'Brien. Another week in the book. Where can people find you?
1: Uh, at Mia O'Brien TV, as it indicates below my name on this graphic. Uh, this week, um, XL Prime Time, twelve to three um and then next week i will be making my pilgrimage back to the great state of new jersey both to cover the jags and the jets but also to return for christmas so that's where you will find me then
0: how nice good for you happy holidays everyone you can find me everywhere just search my name it's fine anyway we'll see you next week right here on out of bounds roses are red violets are blue i click the subscribe button you really should too If you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid or weird, subscribe now.